Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Catherine Lindquist and Troy Sandlin. Hello. Hey guys! And then we are also joined by our special guest, Ray. Hey everybody, this is GotDM, how's it going? We are really excited to have uh, the GotDM with us. Uh, <laughs> we're going to dive into all sorts of uh, text-based goodness and uh, do a little interview for the second half of our of our show here this evening. Uh, but before that, we're going to dive in to some uh, to some news articles, and we're going to dive through those. We're going to get through those real quick, and then we're going to let uh, uh, Ray tell us everything that he wants to tell us about himself. Um, <laughs> So, with that in mind, uh, let's dive into some news. This is our dessert round. These are the little tidbits that we found all throughout the week that we fell in love with. And Troy, I know you got one in the roster. What do you got? I do, and I I just I just saw this. It is the <laughs> Masters of the Universe Legends of Grayskull role playing game. Mm-hmm. So for all oh, you, nice. uh, yeah, all you eighties and nineties kids out there. Well, I guess it's even now because they had Shira. On Netflix, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. Well, Mattel has partnered partnered with Fandom oh, wow. uh, to produce uh, Legend of Grayskull, the Masters of the Universe role playing game, and uh, it is going to be powered by uh, Cortex Prime, which uh, Fandom now owns. And I am just way, way stoked about this. Just having seen it, um, they're talking. Uh, digital content. They're talking organized play. They're talking community created content. Wow, uh, stuff! It is it, all all in the world of He Man, Shira, Eternia, all that cool stuff. So you've got your your fantasy mixed with a little bit of sci fi, and like mostly cool ideas, except for the one you know Ram Man type stuff. But, you know whatever. <laughs> You gotta have some. You gotta have some duds in there to make your cool guys seem even better. But I mean, <laughs> that's I all that. I know about it yet. I mean, it's just a little blurb that I saw, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I don't know when, but I'm in. Awesome. I love it. All right. Uh, is there any announced uh, deadline or time um, or for release or not that you saw? I'm. I'm. I'm scouring. That's okay. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, I, I literally just saw this before we, we went live. Cool. Um, uh, you, could, uh, you can go to legendsofgrayskull.com to uh, stay up to date with the, with the news. Perfect. So, it's probably announced at Gen Con, don't we think? And this is probably a... Um, it's possible. Just uh, in development. And my suspicion is it'll sneak its way into a Kickstarter or something before it's out in the world. But we'll find out. Cool. All Sweet. right. Uh, let's see. I'll plug one of mine. Uh, I thought I had plugged these guys already, but I looked back through our roster and I had not. Uh, Blogs on Tape is a podcast that everyone should be listening to. Uh, Blogs on Tape started out, if you go back to its original episodes, as recordings of the best, uh, blogs of the OSR. So the old school renaissance. Um, that does not matter, though, as far as, um... The content there is good enough. It's it it it's great for inspiring your gameplay, um, for getting really cool ideas for worlds or puzzles or 
or creatures or characters. Um, it's just all sorts of blogs that they basically just read verbatim with really good uh, uh, people with excellent vocals and go from there. Um, it has since transitioned over the past, I think just this year, it has transitioned into not just OSR articles, but RPG articles in general. Um, they get permission from all of the blog writers to do all this, and it comes out really great. And the episodes, here's the, here's the catcher for y'all. Episodes are like five minutes each. Oh, nice. sweet. So you can plow through those really quickly and uh, get a little bit of juice on your way uh, on your way to work every morning. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I'll hop in next. Um, so in a little bit of a theme, um, I want to hype the initiative order. Um, it is a, well, primarily there's a Twitch channel, um, and then there is a Discord that they have, and there's an Instagram that you can hop onto. Um, but specifically right now, I want to hype the Carnaby Street case files. Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> goddamn here, Ray is, is on Carnaby Street case files. Um, <laughs> so it is a Call of Cthulhu actual play, Ooh. and, um, it kind of made me realize that I did not have to be afraid of playing Call of Cthulhu, mm -hmm. and now I want to play it. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's very fun. The characters are entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good time. So tune into Carnaby Street Case Files or hop on to the Initiative Orders Twitch channel and Instagram and Discord, whatever you want to do. There's some good stuff in the works there. Awesome. Mm. I'll do a little tip of the hat towards anyone who uh, gets another player into the Call of Cthulhu ranks. So right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Love. Cool. Uh, so that is uh, the initiative order on Twitch. Um, the last thing that I'll hype um, is something that Catherine and I and, and a number of others have been working on for quite Yay. some time. Um, we've hyped it a little bit, hinted a little bit at it uh, throughout the channel, um, but I think we can safely say now that Captain Heartchild's Guide to Rare Dragons will Ooh. be coming out in the next few weeks Woo! on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, so if you if you recall, Catherine and I and, and a, a host of others, intruding our uh, illustrious Troy here, um, <laughs> worked on Captain Heartchild's Guide uh, or, or Captain Heartchild's Guide to Oceanic Depths. And this is a smaller follow-up to that. Um, Rare Dragons features 10 dragons, um, each one written by a different person for the most part, each one super bizarre. These are not your regular dragons. Um, these uh, are one-off weirdos. Um, <laughs> and I love every single one of them. Um, we have, just as a little teaser... Um, we have a parrot dragon. Um, oh my god! I know we have a parrot dragon. Uh huh. We have a druid dragon. Um, nice. We have yeah, that's Captain. <laughs> we have a dragon toad. Oh my gosh! Um, we have a mecha dragon. All sorts of things. Um, and uh, <laughs> each dragon comes with its own stat block, its own motivations, history, background. Um, minions, lair, all sorts of goodies, um, horde. 
So uh, keep an eye on Kickstarter. Keep an eye on our uh, Facebook uh, and Instagram feeds. And more about that will be coming in the few next few weeks. But it's been a lot of fun. Cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. It's been a long time coming. So yeah. <laughs> we're glad to see let it see the light of day finally. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Um, I want to turn some attention now to the Got DM. Yeah. Uh, okay. Welcome to the show. Really glad to have you. Um, tell our audience and us a little bit about yourself. And uh, if you have anything you want to hype or plug or shout, shout to the rafters, this is a great time to do it. Sure. Um, yeah, my name is Ray. I'm uh, I'm in charge of Got DM, which is uh, the brainchild of a couple of friends that decided to kind of bring the last of my 26 plus years playing D and D to life. I guess mm. uh, we decided to bring it from from the world of obscure to kind of put it on on social media, and it just kind of took off from there. Uh, I uh, I've been playing text based role playing since the early nineties and, and, uh, been a DM since, uh, about the same time. So I've been doing this for about 26 years and crafting for just as long. So, uh, that's kind of what the God DM is thing is about is just, uh, the community putting stuff together and, and, uh, bringing your world to, to the table. I mean, ultimately at the end of that, and we, we talk about tactics on, on, uh, improving gameplay, uh-huh. but it's really a focus, just like my world has been a focus on the players. So yeah, I think the only thing I'd like to hype. Um, is I just was involved in a recent study with NYU uh, looking at a cohort of just different random D&D players, DMs, from people that have played from two years to almost 40 years. And uh, the data set is just amazing. I mean, this is quantifiable data. It's, it's stuff that, you know, we've always, want, as DMs and as players, we, we just wanted to ask, ask the question, and uh, NYU gave us the answer. So it's, it's amazing. Where, it's where... Is it published anywhere yet? So uh, the two that are involved, uh, Joanna and and, uh, and uh, one of my other good friends, uh, they they're they are going to be releasing the data set right now. Um, a lot of it is is still lock and key, just because they're they're cleaning up, you know, some of the randomized numbers and making sure that the information makes sense. But I was mm-hmm. able to get a preliminary view on the data set, and uh, it's 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 exciting. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a tidbit. Um, what they found just to, out of all the players, the number one reason for people to play D and D was they were introduced by, by friends or by a, a, a father figure or somebody along those lines or significant other. Uh, it, it's, it's exactly that the community is growing, you know what I mean? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it versus just, uh, you know, seeing things online or whatever. Um, it's just, uh, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing read. So awesome. Very interesting. Yeah. That's super cool. We'll shoot us a link uh, if if you if you think about it. Shoot us a link whenever all of that goes live, and um, absolutely, we would definitely we'll share it here on the podcast. And I think that might that might devolve into uh, a, a discussion all of its own, just looking over that data and seeing what it tells us. So, oh my gosh, sure. yeah, I'm itching yeah. to see it. That's cool. Yeah, cool. Alrighty. Um, so uh, mentioning the um. You know, keeping it player centric and all of that, yep. um, and tying back into your early notion of uh, you, you used to do the IM chat thing, the the yeah. AOL, right? Yeah. The AOL <laughs> chat room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I guess a good place to start would be how. 
do you turn that sort of, you know, rapid fire back and mm-hmm. forth, um, like single line or two of dialogue, at least in, from, from my experience, I don't know if yours was different. Mm. How do you turn that into a, um, a cohesive D and D thing? Like how do you, how do you work D and D into that? I think that's the other side. Cause when I first started on AOL, it was a chat room called Neverwinter Nights where you had like at least 30 people, if not more in the room role playing at all times. And so mm. what was the hard thing about that was exactly you're right, Catherine. It was like, you, you got rapid fire actions. You've got this co you've got a, a, a storyline that's just all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and what I find though, is that the group dynamic was the most important to get a synchronized story. You, you, you had to go, all right, this is a great event. You guys are role playing really amazingly, but I like to break out this seven, eight, nine, ten player group into like a cohesive D and D game. So a lot of that, you, you're absolutely right. It, it started off in chat rooms and then it petered out to like direct message, instant messages. Um, mm. And then it just kind of fostered into uh, live action play. I mean, you know, at that point, you're just kind of, there was no Skype and there was no voiceover IP. So a lot of it was, hey, do you want to play? And we would just have a landline or, or you know, the earlier days of cell phones, you just have a cell phone hanging out. But that's... Mm. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, it was one, wow. two, three people. And I remember back in those days, I mean, this was mid-90s. There was a time we even did, like, role play by mail, and that did not work. So, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, been, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, it I'm, was, yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around role playing over cell phones in the early days of cell phones. It's like, come on, oh, Dave, hurry up and decide. My minutes are running out. Oh, no. <laughs> That's exactly how it was because you would charge like two ninety nine a minute. So yes. we were like, guys, we only have like, you know, X amount of time. So that's the thing is like when, when, when chat messages or text messages were a thing, it was easier for me because I had spent so much time in text-based role play that I was like, okay, no more – we're not going to do the have a cell phone and, and try to do this networking thing. Just send everything by text message and we'll just do like, like, like large blocks. And boy, that helped out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. nice. <laughs> so, so it was actually oh. easier than the alternative at the time. That's really interesting. And right. I think that's what it was, was that you, you were in a group of so many people. And it's the challenges that you have today with text-based role play. You just, you have so many players that want to be the front spotlight because there's so much, you know, there's only so much attention you can give to one player. Mm-hmm. But I think what you, what you were basically said as far as how to bring it into the real world, a lot of it was using skills uh, to kind of, how can I say this, uh, allow the other players to know that you, you don't always have to be in the spotlight. I guess that's the best way to put it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, allow is a is a nice term to use that, there. Yeah, yeah. Cause <laughs> like, I mean, especially that, you know, in the earlier days, you couldn't really force anybody. And it's, you know, there wasn't like an abundance of people to play. There was only like maybe four chat rooms and 100 plus people, 200 plus people at the given time. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't super popular, but it's definitely something we got through. And it's, you know, it's one of those things too that was kind of like, it helped us play. Uh, they were called muds. I don't know if anybody's ever played those. They were like your earlier, yeah. uh, like World of Warcraft type melee. <laughs> muds, muds and muse or moos and yeah. Yep. Moo. <laughs> I'm hey, I'm lost. 
that's, the, the that's easiest a... way to put it, it would be like playing. I it would be like playing those old like computer games uh-huh. over the internet of over a fourteen k dial up connection, and you just hope <laughs> that nobody picked up your phone line. So. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so. Aside from it being exponentially easier, it seems, with the um, the modern-day convenience of a Discord server, um, what, what would you say, what are the main differences between those, you know, text message days yeah. and, and now the Discord? The Discord's real-time. So, like, here's a good example, like, where, where you know, you're at a table and you get the, oh, wait, can we retcon this or can we back up for about a few steps? Mm-hmm. The hardest challenge, though, on tech space was that, like, you had people going, wait, 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 I want to retcon something. And you're going, yeah, that was like last month. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there wasn't a lot of that. And, and, and maybe it was at the time, but it was like, Nobody had the expectation of at the moment, ready information, pictures, everything. There was no expectation of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Thankfully, Google Google has, has probably saved us all at some point with a, a quick image or, or something, oh, yeah. a term. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, okay. So um, let's see. Uh, also on the information track here, um, I, so, so that everybody who was maybe not aware knows now, um, I actually met, uh, Ray through Instagram when he did, um, and he eventually did like one of the earlier invites to his, his discord server. And Mm. I played on there for, what was it like a year, a year and a half? I, it, it was, um, it was a really, really fascinating, cool experience for me. Cause like, I'd never, I'd never had anything like that before. Um, but part of, part of what was so cool about it for me was how many layers of lore there were and, and how many layers of lore there still are in your world that you had going. So, um, I guess two questions in one, like how did you, um, not to say, how did you build that? But, uh, (laughs) how did did you, um, go about layering that together? Um, over the course of however many years you, you've had that world. And then what would you say to, a DM who is just starting to want to build out their own world. I'll reverse engineer or reverse the question. Only reason I'm saying that is because when it comes down to lore, that is strictly for the DM. I mean, I, I, I'm only saying that is because if you're going to create something, I've got 26 years of lore that players can unravel, but none of that was made overnight. And that's, that's made organically. That's made through the players and their stories. So to have a world that that's like that, you have to allow yourself the time, and that time isn't you know cram everything into a book and create new sense in this. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You throw it to your players and allow them to create it. Hmm. Um, I think the one for me was that you know having 26 years worth of lore as a DM, I'm not putting my lore face front in front of all my players. I, I create opportunities that make it exciting for them to want to look at it. It's almost like you define the why and what to look for. 
Um, but if, if you force feed your players all of this, this lore with zero context, it's the quickest way for them to lose interest in the thing that you value so much. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's what I would say. Any player that goes, or any, any new budding GM that says, I want to create a world like that, the first thing I would do is, is truly throw your story to the players. Because you're only telling one story from one perspective for two players, but you can you've got six, seven, eight, nine, or ten of them, they can come with ten different iterations of how they perspire or how they perceive that story. So giving them the the onus to to just, you know, build that lore, build that character depth, and then translate that into your world is exactly what I did for twenty six years. Hmm. Interesting. I I think uh, I think you got some wholehearted agreement from this side of the crowd. <laughs> I see Troy just <laughs> nodding emphatically during the whole statement. So, <laughs> yep, yep. yeah, it's yeah. it certainly turned out pretty. It certainly turned out pretty amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. I so, mean, I think that's that's one we look at too. I, I mean, if I were to just a little small plug, and and, and obviously for, for Catherine's perspective, you know, one of the first things we did as a DM. Well, as I did as a DM was we allowed the people from Instagram to create their own community in the world. Like they defined their city, they built their city, what it looked like. Even down to the people that were involved. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in a way for me, it was almost saying, look, I don't know who these players are, but I, I guarantee that they want to tell a story. So I'm going to let them build it from the ground up. And all I'm doing is giving them reasons to adventure or reasons to explore. Hmm. And that's how it it was really cool. <laughs> Maybe that, somebody will cool. save it someday. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I think that's what it is, is that, is that you know, there's always that, that, that look and feel, like, especially when you have somebody that's been like, you know, they tell you, oh, I played for de- decades or this, and they've got this elaborate world, and you see people that are like, I need to build that. But the reality of it is it wasn't built. It was, it was made organically, and that's the beautiful part about it. I, I, as a new D, new world building DM, am feeling a massive amount of relief right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, on this note, though, of uh, building stories and um, players who want to tell them, mm-hmm. uh, my, my last question for you tonight yes. would be, what kinds of stories do you get to tell over chat? Uh, okay. That may not have been feasible to tell or to tell as evocatively if you were doing it through a traditional format. Um, as, as a player or as a DM, like here's a good example, classic example of this. You're in a moment, you're looking to feel the moment, not necessarily read the moment. So when you're live game, you can convey emotion a little bit easier, but I will say in text-based games, you give the one thing any player loves to do in certain situations and, and that's and, and myself included that means uh, being analytical uh, what that means is that i can look at a phrase and i can evoke emotions out of it that may have the player going wait 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 at the time i listened to that i wasn't in this context but now that i've had time to think about it what do i really feel about this decision mm. and mm-hmm. when you put that in front of a player that they really can think about they either the positive or the negative in a current situation, that can change a player. Because because at that point, you're, you're analyzing your moves, motivations, and steps. And that's not something you can do 
right at the moment in a game play. Mm-hmm. You can do that all those times. For sure. Yeah. I know for um, when I was playing Kellen, I know that there were um, there were moments that I felt more palpably because of the time, like the real time timeline that had been invested into, um, into Heimel or it had actually literally been months since my character had been able to hear from her goddess and then finally did. And that was like, that was a deeper emotional experience for me because we were able to continue that storyline over a long period of real time. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly it is that when you, that's, it, it, it may be a combination of a long game, but secondarily, when you're in a text based game, you're always on, I guess that's the best way to put it is that you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you, you feel like if, if it's always, if, if you're always role playing it, you get to see the character even in the down moments because there really isn't any down moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, you know, if one day you decide to wake up and go, "Hey, I'd love to role play with Zach," he, he's there. He's on the server. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I've got a couple of follow up questions here sure. uh, before we before we close this sucker out. Um, so, if if there's somebody listening that has never gotten into text based uh adventures before um what are some resources or what are some directions that you would point them to see like good examples of it or or best best practices for getting into it i would say as a player the best way to get into it is really get into it jump into a server and just learn i I think that's where you know you always get the misnomer how do i play dnd the best way to play dnd is get in front of the screen or get behind the screen you Mm -hmm. know experience Mm -hmm. it I, I think, you know, where, where I can, I can talk about like, what are the watchouts and what are this? But in a, the, the one thing as a DM, I always say is your, your unknown are your players. Mm. So me to provide a bunch of pearls may, may only be agnostic to a certain group. So I would say if, if you really wanted to join like a really well blazed based tech server, uh, or what, what, what good is join one. Um, and I, and I would even go further. In that, and if you're if you're looking at like how do I improve my skills? How do I as a DM, DM uh, enunciate what I'm trying to show? As a text-based DM, especially when I've been running games like on chat rooms, you don't have the luxury of pictures sometimes. So you get really good in your theater of the mind and, and making verbal description or, or auditory description, whatever. Um, so I would say is that practice that. Uh, when you're when you're a text-based DM, you can't assume that the wall is brown. You have to describe it as if the wall is brown. You know what I mean? Kind of like <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what I would say, Zach. Is that is that jumping into you know it, it is that jumping to that example? There's a couple uh, a couple websites. You want to say websites, but a couple I think in consider text-based chat rooms are really good. Which would be uh, one would be. Um, Yours, yours, uh, Catherine, your website, your, your, your Discord's just blowing up. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I would suggest that, uh, you know, there's, there's mine, obviously, but there's a couple. Uh, there, there used to be specific guides for, um, I think you said IIRC, but, yeah. um, there weren't really any that I saw. That doesn't mean there are not any out there, 
but um, there weren't any that I saw. I just kept going back to um, the the little bits of resources, the like FAQ type stuff, yeah. uh, and yeah. I kept rereading it to try to make sure that I was uh, doing stuff right, and sometimes I wasn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and so on my server, I've started a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, like, as we go, as I have, as I'm finding, I have to explain things to like mm -hmm. a few people, then I'll take that explanation and I'll just paste it over there. So hopefully eventually I'll have an FAQ, <laughs> but right now it's just, if you have a question, um, just ask if there's mods on that server, ask the mods. I don't have mods mm -hmm. on my server. Um, so just ask me, um, or even just the other players, like the, the players both in, both in, uh, your server and in my yep. server, the players are super happy to help out new people. Um, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. So don't, and if I were to give don't be shy. A, oh, and okay. a little bit of a guidance on there, you know, as far as like, how do I play? Text-based text-based role play. I mean, it's it's really just every everything you would do at the table just typed out. But you you have to consider the fact that if you're role playing and have has like you know four or five people involved, you want them to reply first before you get to next step. Mm, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to yeah. make sure that one of the things I had to learn actually was to like my care your my character doesn't have to interact with every other character every single day because I'm actually getting in the way of other characters being able to have conversations. <laughs> so well, we learn these things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these, these are skills that are translatable like like you were talking about earlier, these are skills that are translatable to an actual table too, right? Like the idea. Oh yeah. That that goes back to the not 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 having to be the center of attention, not having to have the spotlight on your character in every interaction is something that everybody has to learn at some point because we're all used to being uh uh the heroes in the video game or or, or <laughs> watching the watching the movie where there's just the one hero that we follow and we're not used to the fact that we have six or eight or ten or twelve or thirty heroes yeah. now all playing in the same game uh, right. that all deserve equal amounts of time so and, and if i were to dovetail on that just a little bit it's it's uh i would even say is this on a text-based role play you have far less npcs because the dm has to play chat all of that you know what i mean oh, so yeah, it's yeah. like oh my gosh it's it's better to have your players interact with one another and and feed and, and give those opportunities to do that versus say okay this is NPC number one and this is how I'm going to interact you know what I mean uh huh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's that's actually something that I am also just learning too now is like oh I don't want to have an NPC or two for like every couple of players or else I'm going to be on literally all the time <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> props to you and juggling like. However many groups you juggled, <laughs> uh, I think it's like when we were with you, we had a total of sixty-five players and like a bunch of Jeez. a bunch of Discord players. But yeah, oh yeah, we we were we went out to Skype. I mean, it was it was all over the place, but it was an amazing run, and we're still doing it now. So yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, Troy, anything you want to uh, throw into the mix here before we round things out? Uh, I have a little bit of experience with uh, text base. Um, 
I was I was part of a, a play by post game over email oh, nice. uh, years ago. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was fun. But if you were one of those people that you know uh, could access your email and respond yeah. quickly, yeah, you sat there and waited a long time for any kind of a response, and that kind of fizzled out. And then uh, my current group. Um, one of the players decided he wanted to try something uh, and started his own little discord uh, mm. campaign for mm-hmm. us for like on, on uh, it, what it was originally supposed to be was like, if I couldn't make the game session to DM, you know, that yeah. he would do oh. something or whatever. Nice. And, uh, and it, it, it was, it was, it's, it's fun. It, it's definitely interesting. Cause it was just us. Um, it wasn't like a massive undertaking, yeah. but uh, yeah, the time commitment for something like that just drove him almost insane. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's exactly that. It's like if if at least when I was building a lot of my my online universe in online, I mean, as far as like a in a Discord or a chat based, it only worked out because we had so many players and that they were able to interact with one another, but. If you're doing a very small group, a very small world, it's 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 probably better to just say, "Hey, this is going to be something we're going to do," you know, on a phone or or if it's text based, you know, everybody meet up on this certain day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus just mm-hmm. having it linger. So yeah, yeah. So um, would you recommend? That, oh, sorry. Uh, I, was, uh, I was gonna say, would you recommend if you're going to do text based like this, mm-hmm. uh, you open your scope up? a lot wider than you would normally because what he tried to do was run a module uh, a oh. big mod a big module yeah. but uh you know still still it was a module so yeah. it was very finite it was very uh you know uh yeah it doesn't allow for flexibility of the player a lot uh you know and, and i think that's what it is if you're text-based you kind of have to get away from the module because things happen when you're not there <laughs> you know, and it's 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 that it's like you know, what would would the Lost Minds of Fandelver be different if somebody ran off to a different city and was like, "Hey, can I go buy a map?" And that happens when you're not at the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so in a way, I think you do. I, I think it also that if you're if you're text based, I would even say as far as this, if you're a, if you're a homebrew world and you've got a lot of players that are interested, try a text based game. At least an element mm-hmm. to it to your world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Do you mind if I uh, throw out something too? Oh yeah. Um. So what I have started to do as other stuff has picked up in in life um, is I've had I list at the beginning of the week I list out DM hours and I have unavailable or sporadic or like this to this time block. Um, and then I make sure that I'm there for, uh, the time blocks. And then it can be like, you guys can, can role play without me, but the NPCs are only going to be available at these times. Hmm. I'm, it's still in beta, still trying it out. (laughs) (laughs) I, I find that it's it's 
that approach is really awesome. Um, we do a little bit different in how we, we, we do the DM hours, but I've done the same thing. I've, I've kind of taken your approach with it and just yeah. let the players know. It's mostly just to let the players know that if you role play and you, like you said, you're picking for an NPC or you're picking for a specific reaction, it, I'm not going to be there at three o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because so, <laughs> we have players that are from Singapore or Germany or this, and it's, it's that, you know, things happen when you're sleeping. So, yeah. Mm. We made a fortress. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> awesome. Nice. Well, hey, uh, uh, Ray, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, this was a fun interview. Uh, when Catherine said that you'd be up for it, I'm like, gee, Louise, uh, we don't know anything. Catherine is our resident expert. And I'm like, <laughs> this gives her an opportunity to talk about it some and gives us an opportunity to learn more about it. So really appreciate you uh, being a yeah. part of this. Oh, I thank you guys for the opportunity. I, I truly appreciate it. And Catherine, thank you for the invitation. Zach, everybody here, thank you guys. Um, yeah. If you guys ever, yeah, if you guys ever have any questions, please DM me. You guys can find me on Instagram. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I consider Catherine a really good friend. So if you guys have anything, let me know. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. thank you. It was awesome having you on the, on the podcast. Absolutely. All right, guys. Have a great day. Well, thanks. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. Stay safe. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>